You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Who is your favorite celestial? Why does the watcher have the same haircut as Will? And why is Will talking in third person? All these questions and more in this episode of Systematic Geekology. Hello, friends. We are glad that you are here on another episode of Systematic Geekology. We are your priests to the geeks. Uh, I'm one of your priests, Will Rose. And uh, when we say priests, if this is your first episode, we, we don't necessarily mean that everyone who is a host or guest on this show is necessarily a priest. But what we mean by that is that we are the mediators, the facilitators between those things which we geek out on and the bigger questions around philosophy and theology and religion and faith. And so we have uh, a pretty fun episode here for you today to kind of dig into those things, dig a little deeper. And um, I'm with some uh, fellow hosts and friends that I'm really glad to be a part of this episode. So, uh, Josh, welcome back. It's been a moment. Glad you're back on Psychology. Uh, what have you been up to and, and what are you geeking out on? Oh, I've been up to finishing up school, but what I've been geeking out on recently, other than getting to go visit a friend of mine where he lives and seeing his local comic book store and his local game store and how nice both of them are. Um, mm. My other thing is that I have been going back through Doctor Who, starting with the Ninth Doctor and going forward, uh, in in preparation for this upcoming return of David Tennant. <laughs> nice, nice. So you actually have a friend who owns a comic book store and a game game store? No, no, no. I went up to visit my friend and went to his local stores. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I thought you said like you went to his store and saw where he geeks out. That's fine. I thought you were like, man, if you have a connection who owns a literal comic book store, it's like, oh, <laughs> no, cool. not quite. <laughs> and then we have uh, Kevin Schaefer, a friend of mine from here in North Carolina, been a guest on the show before. He's back with us to talk some some Marvel Universe stuff. We we have similar tastes and geeks, geek out on things. But uh, Kevin, how have you been? What are you up to today? And what are you geeking out on? What's up, Will? I'm doing really well. Um, as far as updates, um, not really doing any other comic podcasts right now, just because like I have co-host and I've been busy, but that's why I'm excited to be here today. Um, but just working and getting ready for the SMA conference in Disney World in a couple of weeks. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll be there toward the end of the month. Um, and so I still work for BioNews, writing my column, doing a podcast there, um, and then writing outside of, a lot of outside of work. Um, but as far as geeking out on, um, so I think. We talked a little bit about it on Facebook, but um, Barry had one of the best mm -hmm. season, series finales I've ever seen. Um, I think that is a perfect show. Um, and it's, I don't know if you've seen this too, but um, Henry Winkler is going to be coming through Quail Ridge um, to the NC State McKemmon Center in November because he has a book coming out. Um, and so I am really, the, I already bought tickets for my parents and I for that. Um, and so that was awesome. So that, the finale is excellent. Um, across the Spider-Verse, I've already, already seen twice, um, and it is phenomenal. I'll probably talk about that a little bit in today's episode because it ties in to a lot of multiverse and cosmology stuff. Um, and then lastly, I'm going I'm to do, I don't know how long it'll take me or um, if I'm going to take it in time, but um, Stephen Amell is going to be at GalaxyCon this year. So I decided to go back and start at the beginning of Arrow because it's been so long since I've seen the first few seasons especially. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't know if I'm going to go through the entire series by the time I meet him, but it, it, it really is fascinating. I don't know how much you ever dived into the Arrowverse, but 
I was pretty invested in it for a long time. Um, I kind of dropped off um, toward the latter a couple of years, but um, but it was a lot of fun for me in especially in college and like for my early twenties. Um, so it's really fun revisiting that first season before they were doing any kind of crossovers, and it was just right. like you know uh, um, a lot of Raimi Spider Man was in there, very Hamlet. Batman Begins, stuff like that. Those were the big influences. Um, so Much yeah. more down to earth than it became. Exactly, exactly. It's just him taking down, you know, corrupt crime lords in the city and um, re-emerging from um, the island. So it's a lot of fun going back to that. Yeah, I kind of miss the C. I mean, in terms of my like bandwidth for all the stuff I geek out on, definitely the movies and some cartoons and the comics and that kind of stuff. But the kind of the CW superhero universe, I, I really wasn't into. Kind of missed all that. I definitely knew mm-hmm. about it and admired it from afar, but but never watched it. But that's that's a cool thing to go back and watch and revisit because you know, like everything, everybody because of the MCU, everybody felt like they had to kind of tie everything in together to one collective. Right, universe. right. They, did, they went down that that road too. Um, yeah, and and Kevin and I met at um, we have the same local comic book store, and we um, have run into similar circles when it comes to the Comic Con, North Carolina Comic Con uh, around here in North Carolina. And um, I'm I'm excited that that we have cons hitting hitting the road again, and there there's one in Charlotte coming up. I'm really excited about, and then uh, North Carolina Comic Con in November in Durham is is going to happen again. So I'm pretty. Pretty excited geeking out on on that. It's always fun to go to a con and cosplay and, and see celebrities and see the creators you love to follow. Um, one thing I'm geeking out on, I'll share, is that, um, yeah, I'm not a big gamer. So I never really got into the Star Wars game of like um, – uh, the the fallen fallen order or mm-hmm. or the Jedi survivor, but I, I kind of heard about it, and then uh, soon to be host on the show James Dimmel made a suggestion, said, "Hey, you don't have to play the games; just watch on YouTube, like the movie cutscenes, like someone playing through the whole." the whole game and, and watch the movie cutscenes. It's almost like you're watching an animated movie. So he sent me the link to this like three hour show of Jedi fallen order. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like, it's like, I'm watching a whole nother star Wars movie, um, in continuity, uh, animated series or, or movie and, and I'm loving it. So I'm, I'm almost through fallen order. I'm going to watch, um, Jedi uh, Survivor here uh, pretty soon when I'm when I'm done with that. So geeking out on Star Wars, I'm like new Star Wars content. I didn't know that was out there. So that's that's what we do here, at Systematic Geekology. We we suggest we geek out, and then no matter how much you know about all things geeky, there's always someone who knows something a little bit extra or makes a recommendation, and no shortage of content. Well, let's get in today's episode. Let's hop into it. Uh, we this is um, over the last year we've done had this theme of origins where we explored fandom origins the history behind the fandoms we love or even the universe itself whether it's pokemon or whether it's an anime or or something within the comic book universe uh, uh, star wars like what what is the origin behind it all and um what is the origin story mythology within it and so today uh we're going to go into the origins and the cosmology of the marvel universe we've done an episode on kind of like the history of the creation of comics like marvel comics stan lee jack kirby from from timely comics evolving into marvel comics and we have an episode out there on our website and, and backlog of episodes you can go back 
back and check that out. That was a lot of fun. And we might tie that in uh, to this episode some because there is a lot of history when it comes to like Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and the creation of these characters. But today we're going to go into kind of the cosmology of the Marvel universe, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but the comic books itself. Earth 616, which is kind of universe prime, uh, the sacred timeline within the Marvel Universe of all these heroes you love, like Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Spider-Man, the Avengers, X-Men, uh, are rooted in Earth 616. And there's a multiverse. There's different numbers behind it. If you've just seen Spider-Man uh, across uh, the, the Spider-Verse, you'll know that there's different timelines and webs and canon events and those kinds of things that happens within the Marvel Universe. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Earth 616 and some of the history and the emergence of that universe and the cosmology around that. Um, Josh, so what, what is your, like your history with Marvel itself? Marvel proper. Um, again, there's no wrong or right answers. What's your history with Marvel? And then do you know, did you know before coming into this episode, know much about like the um, kind of like the Genesis one and two and talk about scripture, <laughs> the creation story <laughs> within the Marvel universe. So, I mean, my history with, with Marvel as a whole has been, it's kind of had ups and downs over the years, as with most people. Um, I started out definitely when I was a very young kid. They had a, there was a, a Marvel kid show called the Superhero Squad Show. That was my mm-hmm. absolute introduction to Marvel. Has a lot of the, the major players as admittedly more kid-friendly versions of themselves, but pretty, pretty much they took the absolute caricature of each of the of the biggest Marvel characters, you have Captain Marvel, you have Iron Man, you have Captain America. Um, mm. Basically, everybody you could think of as the main Marvel players are running around and doing kid show plot lines. But it's it's pretty cool because you do end up seeing at least probably at what was at that point their most common origin stories kind of all blended together so that they were somewhat coherent. Um, so of course, I started out with that. And then being one of the younger hosts, uh, the MCU pretty much came next for me. That was definitely my next big exposure to Marvel. Uh, um, ironically, I've never been a huge, huge one on comic books. I do actually, I read comics a fair bit, but I don't tend to read mm. comic books. I tend to read web comics and stuff. Just gotcha. It's been much more accessible for me. So uh, I am very interested to see what you guys know more about when it comes to your more comic book <laughs> backgrounds. I've, nice. I've had very fun conversations, especially surrounding Spider-Verse, uh, as well mm-hmm. as the uh, the two Venom movies, with a friend of mine who's very, very big into Marvel. And he keeps telling me all the stories of especially what they're doing right now with Null and the symbiotes. And I'm like, this yeah, is a whole go. lot of nonsense that I didn't know was going on in the background. And I'm very interested. <laughs> yeah. For every hero, for every villain, there's usually a long co- co- convoluted background or a deeper story or something, some cosmic entity or villain behind it. Even if they, there's a big uh, villain within the Marvel Universe, there's probably something behind that that goes back to the very beginning or some cosmic entity. When you think of like cos- cosmology or the cosmic entities, you, you mentioned Null, but are there any others that are kind of in the zeitgeist that that stand out to you and kind of jump out kind of the big the big cosmic entities in, in the Marvel Universe that you're more curious about? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's the Watcher. He's certainly one of the, the, more, the more interesting ones because I've always liked multiverse things. There's, you know, just to jump all the way to the top here, I think the one above all is uh, enigmatic, to say the least, in what I've seen of 
his depictions. Uh, mm-hmm. And just talking about like really big things and things that have had major Im- impacts on how the multiverse is formed. Uh, Galactus and the Galactus to Galactus that is the Black Winter. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying yeah. to see if you guys can tell me more than I know about those. Yeah, yeah. It's it, you know you could have a PhD in one of these things. Yeah, I've scratched the surface. I feel like I know a lot, but I was I was pulling the thread, looking in before in prep before this episode. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much here. You just hit links and keep going down rabbit holes. It went down a couple hours the other night, and I was like, man, I got to get to bed. There's there's a lot here. Um, Kevin, what what's your history behind kind of the your introduction to the Marvel universe, whether it's comics or cartoons or, or movies, and then what did you know about the cosmic entities uh, behind it all? Yeah, so I would say, like Josh, I'm on the younger side, and so the 90s cartoons were a big influence for me and kind of big pull, both with DC and Marvel. You know, and I've talked a million times about Batman, the animated series. Um, but likewise, Marvel was doing Spider-Man, X-Men, um, all of those. Incredible Hulk, which is probably, like, that's probably the best Hulk adaptation um, we've mm-hmm. gotten out uh, there. Like that, it was only, I think, one season, but it's on Disney+, Plus, and if you've never seen that one, I highly recommend it. Um, so the cartoons were a big gateway. Um, and then really the first Marvel comics I ever collected were um, the ones that came with action figures. And so all of those because oh, that was, I, I always liked that about nice. the Marvel legends figures is they always mm-hmm. included a single issue um, on the back of those. So like, I mean, um, getting a thing figure or Wolverine or whatever um, it would come with just a, you know, a single issue, but that was a nice gateway. Um, and then absolutely mm-hmm. the MCU um, I still remember like sitting at the mall with a friend when they dropped the first images of the Iron Man suit. Um, and that <laughs> was just like, I mean, and even then, like, I mean, I hadn't read any Iron Man comics, but knew him from the cartoons and that just like opened up the mind of like, whoa, they're doing this. And because um, at that point, you know, we had the rainy Spider-Man films and um, the early X-Men stuff and all that. Uh, but that was, you know, MCU was just this huge eye opener for everyone. Um, and then as far as so I've seen every MCU movie in theaters, um, good and bad. Um, so I've stuck with them for uh, all these years. Um, and then comics wise, I mean, it's kind of cliche, but like Daredevil and Spider-Man are my favorites. So, um, nice. Daredevil, I love, I like what I like about Daredevil the most is like, you can get something like the Frank Miller run, which is really gritty and, um, inspired, you know, the Netflix series and will have a huge impact, I'm sure on the upcoming disney plus one uh but then there's stuff like the mark wade run which um started around when i was in college um and i collected that and that one is really cool because it showcases some of the more levity um within the character where you can still have bad stuff happen but that was almost more of an espionage style book and um it was really adventurous and i really enjoyed that um and some of my favorite spider-man stories i love superior spider-man um uh, by dan mm-hmm. slot um for those of you who don't know what that one is it's where um doc ock takes over the body of peter parker after peter quote unquote dies um of course that doesn't last but it's a cool concept because um otto octavius is now in peter's body and he sets out to become the superior spider-man so mm-hmm. he's not actually um wanting to like you know be a supervillain anymore but um he still has a morally gray um uh, you know, outlook on things, but it makes for such a compelling story. And um, and actually, Dan Slott, I think, announced on Twitter the other day that it's coming back in the fall. Um, I don't know by who, which writer, but um, but it was always a cool concept. And you know, that was before the Spider Verse movies and everything. 
that was probably one of the coolest like experimental Spidey stories. Um, so mm-hmm. love that. Um, I love the old Claremont X Men. Um, there's a lot of different stuff. And then as far as the cosmology, cosmic entities, um, one of the ones I'm most interested in that I can't say I have an overwhelming knowledge of, but when Eternals came out, I wanted to read some of that. And so I read the Neil Gaiman run, um, which is only seven issues. It's a, you can get it as a trade. Um, and that one is really fascinating. I mean, Neil Gaiman's one of my favorite storytellers ever. Um, and he took on this like more obscure, um, title that, really had only been done by Jack Kirby and wasn't well received. It was sort of like Jack Kirby's version of new gods for Marvel. Um, but it tapped into a lot of the cosmology and um, the big philosophical stuff. And, you know, it had some really interesting material in there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's a little bit. And then, but I'm all, yeah, I'm really interested in getting your perspective on this because I'm there. Oh, you could be just sitting on this stuff for hours and hours and only scratch the surface. Uh, yeah. So my, my history with, with Marvel is really that that's my, other than Star Wars, that's kind of my first fandom. Um, I loved the cartoons. I'm a kid of the seventies and eighties. And so I loved the cartoons and the, and the comics, whether it's, um, the super friends or Spider-Man and his amazing friends. And, um, I, I, I love those things. And so when I was reading, uh, the X-Men comics, uh, the, the big cosmology into the cosmic entity that, that really was kind of the, the nemesis of the X-Men, Uncanny X-Men w- was the Phoenix Force. And so you not only had the X-Men, but you had this kind of like Phoenix who uh, bonded with Jean Grey, who made her more powerful. Was she a hero? Then she became dark. And so uh, within the cosmology of the Marvel Universe, the Phoenix is one of the first sparks that sparked life. But it also has a dark, has a dark edge to it as well. That can that um, you know, there's always this kind of tension between light and dark. Um, and then um, the the 1980s kind of crossover event, Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars. Uh, the villain behind all that uh, was the Beyonder, who was this kind of cosmic entity who was kind of experimenting and looking at the heroes and villains and like playing chess or playing uh, a Pokemon game, pitting one pitting one hero against the villain and the other. And for like entertainment, it's an incredible um, uh, first crossover comic book event that kind of shook everybody up. And uh, but the Beyonders, Beyonders uh, behind all that, and of course Galactus. But as you kind of pull on these threads, like we said, you have these heroes. It's not just Spider Man who was bit by a spider and became. Um, a, a superhero with spider powers, but but behind it, perhaps there's a Madam Web or a Spider God or a web of multiverse that they go deeper into. Not only is Venom just a symbiote um, kind of uh, villain that they, an alien they they brought back from outer space and bonded with Spider-Man, but little did you know that there is a dark God called Null, who's king of all the symbiotes and created the dark sword and, and created cause, chaos behind it all. Not only do you have Galactus, who is you know, a world eater, a huge giant who um, can, gets nourishment by sucking the energy off of planets, but come to find out he was the survivor of another dead universe, the sole survivor of a dead universe brought to our own. So you have these kind of um, stories behind it all. And that's really what's going on here in, um, in the Marvel universe. You have the heroes, you have earth, you have villains, heroes, um, 
fighting against villains and fighting for truth, justice and and all that. But but you also have behind it um, what was behind it all was was the author of good and evil. What are the gods or celestial beings behind it all? And so a recommendation I'll, I'll make that really what I um, read and prep for this, which I will highly suggest for for everyone. I'm doing recommendations a little earlier, but there's a book called The History of the Marvel Universe uh, by Mark Wade and Javier uh, Rodriguez. And it's a gra- graphic novel. The art is absolutely incredible. Mark Wade is a powerhouse in the comic book world in terms of his knowledge and history of DC and and Marvel and has written for both. Um, and, and so he kind of lays out the entire history beginning at like the beginning when there was nothing like the big bang when there was dark when there was void in the beginning and then things start emerge so they start there and the premise of this book is pretty neat at, it starts with at the end of time um you only have two beings left franklin richards and galactus and it's the end of it's, it's the last entropy in entropy and so it's it's the end of time and so those are only two left and it's kind of you know you, the fantastic four and galactus are kind of the origins of kind of the the modern day Marvel universe. So why wouldn't they be there at the end? And they start to reflect on kind of the history of the Marvel universe. So they start from the very beginning and, and start reflecting on, on things. And so, um, what they share is that the Earth 616 emerged from the death of another universe, and the sole survivor of that universe was Galen. Uh, Galactus was the sole survivor. Um, and so in the midst of the death of one universe, in the, in the midst of the void and the darkness, there became like these echoes of energies uh, that then emerged as cosmic beings. So you had eternity, which is like the personification of the universe itself, and then you had Master Order and Lord K. Chaos. And so you have order and chaos pulling and pulling against one another, similar to what we find in Genesis chapter one, you know, and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep. Again, God's a surfer. Go back and read it. Genesis one, two. Uh, but you have like this tension between um, the creator and chaos and then order emerging out of it. So you have this tension on the line between master order and Lord chaos. And of course, in the midst of that co- conflict, in the midst of these cosmic energies trying to find its place in the universe, the infinity gems are formed, kind of the space, time, reality, uh, death, life, time emerge in, in these cosmic gems. And in the midst of that, uh, there, there became these other celestial beings, literally these celestials, and I think I'm saying this right, uh, the Asperance, A-S-P-I-R-A-N-T-S, Asperance, were these celestials. Aspirants? And there was this Asperance, yeah, Asperance, who um, they were more of the conservative side of the celestials who wanted to kind of keep things the same and just kind of keep each other company. The celestials, the more colorful rainbow celestials of different colored, you know, uh, red and yellow and green and uh, orange, like they emerged and they wanted to see more um, evolution and change and growth in the universe. They, they were more, um, I guess, satisfied or intrigued by experimenting with the universe and letting the universe kind of go in all these different kind of directions. And so they had a disagreement, but uh, um, aspirants and uh, the celestials had a celestial war. And of course, a lot of the world religions um, and myths behind it all um 
have this creation story that perhaps earth was created out of the war of the gods. Uh, you go to Genesis and it, there's no war. That's kind of the, um, the subversive nature of Genesis. It's not like it's a, it's a science book or anything, but really what the Hebrews were trying to say was like, look, we didn't come out or derive from the blood of dead defeated gods, but rather God created us and said, it is good. And you have a mission and a purpose. Well, a lot of different religions, mythologies, creation stories emerge out of this war between the gods. And then we're kind of the fallout. Humanity is kind of the fallout of of this war going on. And so in the midst of the celestial war, um, you have different entities kind of taking sides and the universe taking shape, at least Earth 616. And and um, you have the Beyonders, you have... Um, Galactus, you have Null, you have Ego, you have all these kind of celestial beings kind of taking sides and going on their different directions of of creating uh, the universe. Yeah, because I think, uh, you know, one of the big differences between Marvel and DC is DC is like gods becoming humans or at least walking among humanity. And Marvel is more, um, you know, people becoming godlike. And, um, and so I think of the more celestial stuff when I think of DC. And I and Kirby, I mean, it goes without saying, was um, always the one to tackle stuff like that. A Fantastic Four is very much, you know, um, like um, a reflection of at that time when you know he came up with Fantastic Four, the um, society's interest in aliens and otherworldly stuff, and um, you know, answering questions of are we alone in the universe and um, getting to really heavy origin stuff. Um, so I think he really, you know. Uh, tapped into all of those questions um with stuff like fantastic four new gods eternals um so in terms of marvel yeah i mean the eternals are really like um of course galactus stuff like that um and guardians of the galaxy um you know more so with the movies but um but there's some really good comics there as well yeah, that's a good segue because I was just talking about kind of the, the graphic novel that Mark Wade and, and Javier Rodriguez did, The History of the Marvel Universe. And they kind of start there at the beginning with Franklin Richards and and Galactus kind of telling the story of the Marvel Universe and this tension between like the cosmic entities and the celestials emerging. And, and a part of the celestial story is that, yeah, they they wanted to um, kind of experiment, uh, but then allow the universe to kind of grow and emerge that you um out of the the celestials also created the eternals which are are these beings that are there to um help creation around and and do its thing on earth but then all of a sudden um you have these deviants who are kind of de- trying to derail the evolution of of mankind and earth and they're there to stop the deviants and be kind of work behind the scenes and not let uh the avengers of the other heroes uh know now you go that that's kirby trying to recreate the new gods here in the Marvel Universe, and they kind of tied uh-huh. in with all that. But then um, eventually you get to kind of the last decade or so. One of the big architects of the cosmology of the Marvel Universe is Jonathan Hickman, yes. who's done some yeah. stuff with Secret Wars, who's done some stuff with uh, the Singularity and these Celestials and the heroes and the science behind it all. Man, you need you need like some big chart and map to kind of follow uh, his train of thought. He's going to be HeroCon next week. I hope I get a chance to meet him. Yeah. I guess mm-hmm. I'll have to design from him uh but but yeah you you have these kind of cosmic entities that are kind of pulling the strings behind the scenes but sometimes getting in the way and that's where you know as um josh talked about the the watcher um uh, uatu right like I said, mm-hmm. 
Tua. Um, um, I never could have pronounced the the big cos- cosmology. I think that I think that's correct, but I don't. Yeah, um, I you know, watches the universe from a. What's that, Josh? I think you were right in the first shot, Uatu. Uatu, and he he watches from a distance, but then man, as he's watching, he grows fond. It's hard to watch something and and invest in it and not care for it. And so the first time he really emerges and kind of warns uh, the Marvel Universe is when Galactus is is coming and and has to kind of help out the Fantastic Four. Um, and like this this is what was happening behind it all. And so you have the Watchers there, um, but yeah, people play with these in the stories all the time. Um, and and I, I think it's I think it's neat. You you have like I like like you said the grounded hero of like the daredevil in Hell's Kitchen fighting the villain of the week to try to keep that neighborhood safe. But then there's also a bigger story behind it all, not just the Earth, not just our solar system, uh, but also our entire universe and even the, the multiverse. Like we talked about, this is Marvel six sixteen. Um, prime proper uh but there's an omniverse there's there's a multiverse there's different ways to look at it all and um it can get confusing but it's also a creative way just to tell a good story uh josh as you hear me kind of talk about this craft and other things are there something that jumps out to you or a question to clarify not that i understand it all but um hearing all that kind of laid out uh what what comes to mind for you so, I mean, first off, I, I know a good deal about Galactus, Scalen, and how he came from one of the previous worlds. And so, yeah, it makes sense that he would survive till the end of the next one. Uh, what made Franklin Richards able to survive to the end of a universe? Ah, good question. I'll, I'll chime in then, Kevin, you, if uh, you fill in the gaps. I believe because he is not only, you know, the son of like the smartest man and the invisible woman embedded by cosmic rays, um, but he's also a mutant. And so he his mutant powers, when they came to being, he his mutant power is to alter reality. Um, and so he can, he, he's kind of not necessarily like the Scarlet Witch that can like, you know, put spells on things, but, but his, his abilities, whether they're controlled or not, um, he can alter reality. And so there's a one storyline, um, in the nineties, um, where he created a whole different, like counter earth, you know, and, and, and as heroes reborn is what is the kind of the, the arc, and create almost an entire pocket universe just from his own own being. And so as he grows and matures and uns, uh, what I understand from this particular graphic novel and just Frank, the potential behind um, Franklin Richards is that he can become the most powerful being in the universe because he can alter reality, almost become a god himself um, and, and can alter reality. So he's the one who would survive at the end because he can alter reality. Kevin, am I missing anything there? No, I'd say, I mean, you're more knowledgeable there, but I, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, and I, it'll be interesting how they explore that in the MCU going forward. I mean, um, mm-hmm. like introducing Kang before Fantastic Four. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm really, you know, curious. Like, I didn't really love Quantumania, but it does tap into some interesting concepts. Yep. Yep. And and I'm a sucker for a good alternate timeline, what if story, yeah. multiverse, because I feel like you can just play so much and without getting too crazy about continuity and canon for these characters. Mm-hmm. You, love. I mean, you can you can tweak Spider-Man or a character in your life and just and if you mess it up, just say, oh, that was a different version. It was a different timeline. Let's go back to the roots of what's going on. I, I don't mind that trope. I, I think it's fun to, to play around with. But but yeah, Frank, that's why Franklin Retchers is behind that. Um, and then another aspect is the beyond the, the Celestials create the beyonders or beyonder to kind of guard the multiverse. Um, I think as I was reading that they're the ones who create the cosmic cube as well. 
Um, and the cosmic cube or multi or, or maybe there's more than one cosmic cubes are infused with, um, you know, help control matter and energy and time. And so uh, a villain, of course, would want that before they got the infinity gems or infinity stones, because, hey, who, what villain or hero wouldn't want to control matter and energy and reality and time. So, so there are little pockets of these kind of godlike powers that, that Beyonders created. Um, and then there's some on Earth. And so you can see where that where that's played out. Uh, good good question. Other other things that stood out are things that you're you're curious about when it comes to these cosmic entities. Uh, so I mean, just personally, the the Beyonder, just a little bit more depth on on who exactly the Beyonder is, because you know I've I've heard a little bit about most different things when it comes in. Like I know about the Celestials and the Eternals and you know Dark Winter and all all of those. But uh, Beyonder, I think I've heard the name thrown around here or there, but I really couldn't, if, like for most of them, if I was pressed, I could give you like a little synopsis, like, of, you know, what, what they vaguely are. I could not tell you a thing about who the Beyonder is. Yeah, I think, um, and, and I don't, I think it is one of those characters that um, people can do what they want with them, depending on who's writing them. I know the Beyonder in the original Secret Wars from the 1980s, that, that big 12 issue crossover event was just someone who was behind it all, a cosmic energy who just was like, wanted to play uh, chess uh, with with um, the heroes and villains of, of Earth. Um, and then you kind of, Secret Wars 2 went into like more of his background of like where he came from. And then Hickman changed it around a little bit and his Secret Wars became, made it a little different. It wasn't necessarily a reboot or telling the same story. It was literally the collapse of the ultimate universe, the, the Marvel ultimate universe into Earth 616 and then Dr. Doom getting powers from the Beyonders to kind of control and alter reality itself with the, with Molecule Man, uh, who, you know, can control matter. Um, but the Beyonders are, are these kind of, um, from what I read and dug in background were creatures created either by celestials or one or some cosmic beings to be protectors of the multiverse. They're to help guide, not necessarily time Lords, like you would think of Dr. Who, but, but they're kind of there to help guide and direct and protect. And of course, whenever you have these kind of beings, you have the fallen angel, you have the rebel, you have those who want to do things their own way and, and don't do things correctly or, or deviate from what they're, they're meant to be. And, um, cause trouble that then the heroes have to correct or fight against. So that's all I know, but that's a great question. Um, and maybe they'll go more into that when it gets into the, like the secret wars or secret invasion, those kinds of things when we get into the MCU. Um, yeah. So, so again, like you, you can pull a string on any one of these cosmic entities and, and I will for our listeners, like if you want to deep dive, pull up celestials on your Wikipedia page or just like the Marvel fandom kind of encyclopedia page and then click those hyperlinks to go start going down uh, rabbit holes, you know, click celestial war and, and that'll keep you going. Uh, null. Uh, the the god of the the symbiotes, um, the Beyonders or or others, you it, it'll it'll take you down these roads of 
unveiling what's behind the universe. And kind of what I take from is like, you know, again, like you have these boots on the ground, the heroes and villains, but there's something behind it. And I like to think about that in our own lives, in our own world. You know, I have my everyday life. I have my, um, you know, my daily routine. I drive to work. I, I love the restaurants I go to. I have my family to take care of. I want to feed my dog. Uh, I want to connect with my friends. Uh, but, but man, uh, who doesn't think, is there something behind all this? Is there a cosmic entity beyond all this? Is there something pulling the strings or do I have freedom in that? Or is there someone set things in motion and allow us some freedom to create and grow and, and be ourselves? So all those questions are, are explored within these stories as well. Um, and in my own personal story, I, that, that's kind of what I, what I feel like there's the mundane, the everyday normal stuff. Um, but, but man, my imagination, my spirituality, my faith, um, believes there's something beyond myself behind it all, um, both good and, and perhaps devious or there's order and there's chaos. Um, and, and then what team am I on? What, what am I playing? What am I creating in my own life? Um, am I a hero? Am I a villain? Th those kinds of things. Um, uh, fellas, uh, what, if, if you could connect your own story with one of these cosmic entities, or if you wanted to see one of these Marvel universe cosmic entities, <laughs> a part of your own story, if you wanted to be a part of theirs, what, what would you choose or what intrigues you that you would want to play out in your own lives? Uh, Josh, why, why don't you hop in? What, what is something that intrigues you that you wouldn't mind connected with your own story? I mean, I've definitely always been a sucker for the Spider-Verse and just, you know, even before that was the term for it, just do all of the, like, that was definitely the, the movies I first grew up on, even before the MCU came out, was the original Amazing Spider-Man trilogy. I yeah. have, I've just always liked that. I would definitely want to do, you know, yeah, I think that's what I want to do. I want to do being... Being one of the spiders, maybe even seeing the the symbiotes come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think um, what what uh, King and Black. That's a good series. Donny Cates writing about Null and the symbiotes and behind that. I mean, that's it's also connected to the Silver Surfer. It's also connected to Thor. It's also connected to you know. We didn't even talk about the Asgardians as as part of like the mythological the the world tree. I mean, there, there's so much to go down on, on any of these. Um, Kind of, uh, storylines, but but yeah, that's that I, I do like that development too, and and I think into the Spider Verse went to that as well with these webs and different universe and multiverse, but also canon events, which I think is really we just had an episode about that where we talked about what our own canon event, what would they be, what would stick. If there's different versions of Will, which one is like the continuity between it all that would that would be a part of every single uh, part of Will's different Will's stories. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Kevin, what 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 cosmic entity intrigues you that you wouldn't mind being plugged into or part of in the Marvel universe? Oh, well, I say there's there's few that I wouldn't, but like um, but take well to carry off on the Spider Verse stuff. I mean, I'm also you know like a huge Spidey fan, and I, Will, have you seen Across the Spider Verse yet? Yeah, twice. Okay, see that same. So like, it asks. I don't want to spoil it for listeners who haven't seen it yet, but it asks really interesting questions about mm -hmm. this whole idea of like canon and story and free will um and like you know do certain things have to happen in order for things to sustain you know because like um and are you willing to um put you know the person you love the most 
or the people you love the most above the needs of the universe. Um, and it's just like, oh, it's so compelling. So I want to bring that up. But yeah, I, but I, I don't know. I, is the question more like, what do you feel resonates with your story the most or would you just want to be a part of? Either one. Or a little bit. Either one. Because like, I would really love to be a part of Asgard, I think, too, especially because, mm. like, I mean, the movies are one thing, but if you if you want some really good Thor stories, read the Walt Simonson run. Um, mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. really taps into the intricacies of um, how fantastical a world it is. And um, and that's where it's so interesting because it's um, Thor going back and forth. And while he's on Earth, he uses secret identity and stuff. And so, um, which they never really did in the movies. And it's really funny. Um, but I would love to be a part of that. I'd love to be about Spider the Spider-Verse. Um, I also find like with Guardians, I find like, Adam Warlock a really compelling character. I know he's more mm -hmm. kind of like, um, sort of, I mean, I really enjoy Guardians 3, but he was kind of like, um, more of a side character there, but he has a really rich history and, um, and, you know, and as a villain that I was reading up on high evolutionary after the movie. And, um, that's also someone who is like, I had never known about before Guardians 3, but, um, this is not someone I would think would, I would want to hang out with, but like, uh, but it's a really interesting <laughs> one, um, in terms of like, he's had dealings with apocalypse and Mr. Sinister. Um, and you know, his whole idea is it, separating him from Thanos is he wants to create a perfect society and he's willing to like go through all kinds of tests and sacrifices in order to make that happen um so it's the whole guardians mythology explores some really interesting stuff but uh but yeah as far as i definitely think as far as what reflects my own story the most definitely spider-man is always i mean there's just a reason he's so universally relatable um and now with the spider-verse you get to see yours like you know um someone may not relate to peter parker the most but then you also have miles and gwen and um all these other iterations that you can see yourself in some way because um, I think we've all felt like outsiders at some point, but also wanting to be a part of something bigger. And that's mm -hmm. really at the core of Spider-Man. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and yeah, it goes to the kind of the, the cosmology. I, I think in my favorite Psalms is Psalm eight and, and within uh -huh. that it kind of, you know, when I look at the heavens and I consider the heavens, what are, what are we that you're mindful of us? And you, know, I, who hasn't looked at the stars or the galaxy or the constellations and, uh -huh. and thought, man, is there something bigger than myself or what do I belong to bigger, bigger than me? Um, and and I, I that's the eternal question that I think conscious beings ask, you know, um, for me, I, I think um, I, I really I like the Galactus kind of story, too. And and of course, you know, a, a bald surfer is going to connect with Silver Surfer. Um, and and so this kind of herald of Galactus, this this herald who's riding a cosmic surfboard through the stars, uh, hunting down planets for this um uh, you know, being to consume and really uh, the heart and, and the angst there behind Silver Surfer is he tries to find plants that um, doesn't have conscious beings on it so that it, it's not really killing by. But then they, he comes upon Earth and they, he rebels against uh, his master um, because he sees a, a larger cosmic good that there's a moral arc to the universe and he wants to be a part of it. So uh -huh. Silver Surfer, I, I connect with. I've, I've never really found like an ongoing like um, – uh, run that I've I've connected with a whole lot. There is um, uh, Donnie Cakes. I think Trad Moore did one um, uh -huh. with, with Silver Surfer. Dan Slot. I haven't read it, but he has a really acclaimed Silver Surfer run as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. so that that intrigues intrigues me a lot. Um, yeah, and and again, 
Like there's so much there. There's, I love it that there's a long history with the Marvel universe in terms of it's how it was created by its own creators, like Stan Lee and them. Um, but also within it, um, the creators themselves, uh, laying out, trying to do something creatively different, but also building upon what was, what was written before them. And that's kind of what we're all called to do, right? We all have our own stories, but we're also uh, called to, to build on what others have, have created before as well. So, um, again, we'll recommend, uh, that graphic novel history of the Marvel universe. And then, um, let us know if we missed anything or if there's a cosmic entity that, that you connect with, that we didn't dive into, let us know on the social medias and, and reach out to us and, and let us know. So we'll, we'll go ahead and, and, and wrap up. Uh, we have an extra question that we're going to ask here in a minute, uh, with, um, with uh for those who subscribe on our captivate uh website and and channel uh we'll ask that question here in a in a minute uh but yeah follow us um rate and review uh hit us up on the socials uh share with a friend and uh, we are super excited uh to be a part of this universe the systematic ecology universe with you and remember always the geek in us honors the geek in you. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.